This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. And you know that that means you. Have you seen an alpaca today? If not, do try to remedy that at the first opportunity. After you finish listening to the podcast, of course. Unless, like me, you sometimes listen to podcasts when out on the farm. It produces interesting results if I play it out loud rather than through my earbuds. Some voices seem to really make the alpaca's ears prick up. Mostly, though, they are thinking, when are you going to get that food put out? Wales is currently wet and in lockdown again. The alpacas don't seem to care. It was quite a while before I saw the alpacas this morning. I mucked out on my own in the rain. The alpacas were on walkabout. I think I caught a glimpse, but they must have all been down the far end of the valley, out of sight. I replenished their hay this morning. Uh, sometimes they just seem to get the munchies and clear it all really quickly. At other times, they don't seem that interested in it and are off out grazing. That was one of today's. But it's there, ready for them when they come back. The feed buckets needed turning over to empty out all the inches of rain that we've had in the last day, particularly overnight. The weather forecaster on the news apologised, but pointed out that this was normal for this time of year. The clocks have changed and summertime returns to normal time. And the alpacas have almost got used to everything happening in an hour earlier. I'm not sure I have. <laughs> and now I have to bear in mind doing the rounds earlier in the day before I lose all the light. Do you know, I think the last Saturday in October could be my least favourite day of the year. That's when the clocks change. It now feels like a very long time until we have the lighter evenings again. I checked, and it's only two minutes a day, but it seems to change a lot faster than that. A long, dark winter. Actually, you can keep the hot summers for me. I prefer it warm, but not hot. Autumn and spring are my favourite seasons, with spring edging into the favourite spot. The colours are amazing at the moment, with the leaves saying they're about done for the year. As they fall to the ground, the speckled patchwork is looking really attractive. Mind you, it doesn't take long before the alpacas are hoovering them up. Not all of them, but some in particular. Millie, the matriarch, and her daughters. Megan, the firstborn. Nia, the dark fawn with the brown patch on her rump. And Owenna, the tall brown. They all really love the leaves. They particularly favour willow leaves, but we'll pay attention to most other leaves too. Of course, we do need to keep an eye on the growth of potentially poisonous plants that can sneak in so we can keep them safe. But generally, these seasonal snacks are without problem and are picked up with much enthusiasm. Well, it saves me the trouble anyway. I mentioned before about Carwin and Hunnith, to the career from this year, affectionately known as Dit. Hunneth is because of her little size. It's a Welsh word meaning small. Little Dit. They continue to be around together a lot and share a feeding bucket. 
even a really small one this week. <laughs> it was really funny. One of the other Kriyas tried to, to join in and was treated to a lovely young rendition of the grumbling chunter that Dit's grandmother makes. That's Nona, who protected the bucket last week, told you about. It's the same sound her older son Jack makes when he's protecting his trough from the older boys. It really made me laugh out loud and chuckle all the way from the stable to the muck pile as I emptied my wheelbarrow. I couldn't believe it. But it was so clearly the same family trait being expressed. She's a proper feisty little thing with a mischievous face. Little dit. I've been musing on the sounds alpacas make, and particularly the sound of happy alpacas. Do you want to hear it? Okay, here it is. There you go. That was it. Sorry. Do you want to hear it again? Okay. There you go. Just to be clear, the sound of a happy alpaca is silence. The little hums are anxiety sounds. Well, anxiety is overstating it, but as they get stressed, the intensity and the volume increases. I love the little noises, the asking for reassurance that everyone is still there. The louder calls that spread to the rest of the group for other reasons when they're stressed, I try to avoid those. When you're first around alpacas, it is so tempting to try and hum back to them. But I'm not sure it's a good idea. I'm never sure what it is that I'm saying. So I talk to them. A lot. It seems to help them, and it certainly makes me happy. I sometimes sing and whistle too, which can be more variable in their response. They're a hard audience to please. Everyone's a critic. I always use their names, though. Some like Millie, the matriarch, Owena, and Lily, the one with the barriers. They seem to recognise that the name refers to them. And why not? I'm not suggesting they understand my words, but I think a familiar sound repeated in the same way could start to make some kind of connection. As you are around alpacas, how does it make you feel? Happy? Or inquisitive? Or calm? So many people, myself included, say that they are very calming to be around. Why is that, do you think? I love the sound of their gentle hums, as we've already said, but their silence, their silence. It's not a void. Attentive, though quiet, they watch you all the time, even when facing the other way, or perhaps especially when facing the other way. Let's have a think about the anatomy of their heads. They have many adaptations that serve their senses well. The long nose and mouth for grazing, with teeth at the bottom at the front coming up to meet a dental pad. Obviously there's molars at the back for grinding the part-digested grass as they chew the cud. But the nose, the nose, oh, it's so soft, and has a wonderful set of nostrils, and a fantastic array of hairs to protect those nostrils when they push it into vegetation. Their sense of smell seems suitably sensitive. This facial hair around the nose, also continues up the rest of the face, particularly around the big eyes. We'll come back to that in a minute. But the eyelashes, the eyebrows, and those other guard hairs that sprout 
all around the eyes, do a brilliant job of acting like, well, almost like cat's whiskers. The trigger whenever their eyes are in proximity to vegetation, there could be a threat to the eye to damage it. Did you know it's little seen, but there is in fact a third eyelid that goes from corner to corner and flashes into view if there's a perceived threat to the eye. The eyes are situated on the side of the head and are fairly outstanding, by which I mean they are round and stick out a bit, though some have definitely got outstanding eyes. They just look amazing. The position on the head and their large size helps the alpacas have a high level of awareness and vision, particularly picking out movement and at a considerable distance, which is all good protection against predators. It's much easier to avoid them if you can see them coming. As they interact with us, you will regularly see them looking at you and facing towards you, but also turned away with their flank or rear directed towards you. This means they could kick if they needed to. It's a very effective breakaway skill. When facing away from you, the head is almost always turned, just ever so slightly, so that large eye can see your every move, watching you, while apparently ignoring you. I know many cats that do exactly that same thing. And like cats, they sometimes also do the inscrutable stare, I think it could be just a watching and waiting approach. Or perhaps they're just enjoying your presence. Or maybe they're thinking, what's he going to sing next? The head also has ears, of course, spade-like, according to the books at least, but basically straight and relatively short. Okay, they're longer than mine and yours, but not as long as a llama's. And alarmers are also bent, which is often referred to as banana-shaped. They will watch with their ears as well. Makes you think of cats again. In the late autumn and winter, before I had installed sufficient gates to create laneways for self-service wandering, we used to walk them along the green path, with good tree cover, down to the terraced field at the end, which offers pretty good grazing all year. I then closed them in, for the day, because some of the valley was more open, and there were visitors I had no control over. Anyway, that's all been sorted, and we've got more gates now. When I brought them back, though, in the late afternoon, the light was fading, and the wooded path became a little more suspect to the alpacas. They were a little bit more wary, and as they walked along, they would have one ear cocked up, listening up the hill, above the path, and the other bent down, watching for sound on the downward slope. Looked really odd, but it was fascinating to see. So, after all that anatomical review and thoughts about what's going on when they're around you, let's go back to that question. Why are they so calming? And all of that stuff we've talked about may have something to do with it, but essentially, I think they are just magical creatures to be with. And it is part of their distinctive natures to pass on their calmness to anyone in their vicinity. Whatever the full explanation, it's definitely welcome at this present time of uncertainty and change as the world continues to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. So, be well, stay safe, and if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca 
and let them watch you and bring you some calmness. Thanks for being here and hope to see you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 